What's up, everybody? Tony Beats Guy here, and we are back. That's right. I'm Tony Beats Guy, as most of you may know me on the internet, but there's probably a new audience here, and people might stumble onto this podcast. So I kind of want to give you a rundown, tell you who I am, what I do, and I don't really want to use the name Tony Pizza Guy on here. I mean, that's my name I use on YouTube. But I want to use Anthony Douglas because that's my name. And I feel like why try to be something that we're not? Because this podcast is not going to be a character. It's not going to be some sort of loud explosion of noise or whatever. This is just me sitting down in front of a microphone as Anthony Douglas. And we will leave it as so. The name of the show is Number One Contender, and I actually was going to use that name to do something with Anthony Goichai. You might know him as Ango, but we were doing stuff together, and then he actually went hard on his brand, Destination Pro Wrestling, and that actually really started to take steam, so he actually had to focus and put all of his eggs in that basket. So I decided, you know what? We already have the feed, the logo, the name, all the cool jazz there, why not just use number one contender and continue to grow it as a brand for a show? I love the name number one contender. I think it fits perfectly for what I want to do. And what do I want to do? That's kind of a very good question to lead this off. Well, what I want to do on the show is I want to talk about pro wrestling. I want to dive into topics. I don't want this to be a Monday night raw review. Oh my gosh, Roman Reigns sucks. That's not the type of show we're going to build here. What I want to build is smart, intelligent wrestling conversation that we can talk, that we can have a conversation about, and that we can just get down to business, chat, have a good time, have a few laughs, maybe have some people on to discuss stuff with me, but for now it's just going to be that. It's so hot today. It's like a thousand degrees out today. We're in a heat wave. It's heat wave 19 right now. So what I'm doing is I'm hopefully going to edit this out. I've tried to do this like so many times between my daughter crying and the fan going on in the background. I, I, I just can't do this without a fan. So I'm going to try and edit the fan noise out, the background noise, if I can do that. Uh, that's what I'm going to do in post. And then hopefully it sounds good going up on the feed. But literally, I am sweating 100 degrees out today. There's no way I'm not doing this show without a, without a fan. So I actually wanted to let you guys know if you are new and you're just stumbling upon this and you don't know who I am and what I do. Well, I am a YouTuber, as people call it, as the internet likes to say. He's a YouTuber. He makes YouTube videos. Yeah, but I wouldn't say that I'm a full-on YouTuber. I feel like there's more that goes into it than just being YouTube. It's like running a small business, which I don't think a lot of people take into account when it comes to making content and putting it online, they just think, oh, you play video games for a living because I do play a lot of WWE games, a lot of pro wrestling video games. I talk about professional wrestling and I put up gaming videos on my channel. So a lot of people think it's just like you record a video and you upload it. It's a lot deeper than that. You have to go into stats, analytics, follow trends, see what's going on, watch Monday Night Raw, watch SmackDown, watch pay-per-views. It's a whole thing that goes into it. Because the catalyst for my channel is professional wrestling, and I use that in many different forms, whether it's talking about professional wrestling, whether it's doing a review of a show, whether it's playing a video game, whatever it may be, doing a comedy piece where I take a look at the face app 
in WWE superstars being old. There's a lot of things that go into it. And it's not just being a YouTuber and just making videos and uploading those online. There's a lot that goes into it. And one of the other things I do is I stream on Twitch where I play video games on there. So that's another avenue for me. And then I run Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff and try and just capitalize the best that I can and help grow this small business because that's really what it is. It's a small business where I put out content and try and do things. One of the things that I didn't have in this was a podcast, a place where I could put my voice out there. I feel like too many times I've been focused about putting stuff out on YouTube because that's like the main avenue. You see, back in 2011, I was watching a lot of YouTube. It was back in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 days. Everybody was uploading videos. The gaming videos were taken off. People were getting lots of money to play video games and put those online. And I thought I could do the same. Well, I did that. I put up some Call of Duty videos and that didn't take off at all. That went nowhere. So what I did was I just decided, you know what? Call of Duty's not working. I'm just going to play all kinds of different games. So I started playing other games. And then when it came down to it, I uploaded a WWE SmackDown vs. Raw 2010, I believe. I think it was 2010. Video. And for some reason, that video took off. And looking back in hindsight, I think I kind of know why that video took off. Professional wrestling has always been popular, but I never really embraced it. I always thought it was kind of a nerdy thing. Even in my video, I was kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, this is nerdy. This is dumb. This is stupid. Now in my later days, now I embrace pro wrestling. I love pro wrestling. It's what makes me my living is professional wrestling. So back then I was kind of embarrassed that I was doing this pro wrestling video, but that video took off. That video blew up and I got thousands of views and thousands of comments. And I was like, this is insane. I've never seen this kind of success before. So what I decided to do was go all in on the wrestling stuff. And when I did that, that kind of changed it for the better. So I got that done. And then I figured out, you know what, how do these guys make money? So I hooked up with machinima, got a machinima contract. And then ever since then I've been doing it. At the time, I was working a really crappy job. I was cleaning carpets. I hated it. And I said, you know what? If I could make enough money to support myself, I will quit cleaning carpets and do this YouTube thing full time. I did it, made enough money, quit cleaning carpets, and never went back. So there it is. That's my little journey. That's how I got started. If you've never heard that, well, thank you. If you've heard that a million times, I'm sorry. But I felt like at least for this first episode, I needed to put that out there. I needed sort of like an introduction to me. Because if you don't believe in what I am as a person, why would you want to listen to a show where I talk? It's literally all I want to, you know, that's literally facts. Face to facts, Kurt Hawkins will tell you. That's what it is. So I figured I would put that out there, let you guys know a little bit about me. And it's kind of, you know talk to you guys as a person and have a discussion about fun things. So today I wanted to kind of hit on something that I went on Twitter and I was actually talking with Pulse the other day and I was talking about some things and we had brought up like what is missing and what is needs to be more in pro wrestling. Like, what is it about professional wrestling that either needs to be eliminated or they need to do more of? And that got to me to do some, like, interesting thought here. 
And I actually put on Twitter and I said, things pro wrestling needs to eliminate and needs to have. And I went down this list and uh, I'll go down it. So things that, uh, that you need to have are lockups to start a match. So I don't think they do that anymore. I remember like every professional wrestling match when I was growing up would start with a lockup. Collar and elbow tie-up. Beginning of the match. Now they don't do that anymore. They have this very formulaic way of doing things. And when I go with this list of like what professional wrestling needs, I think I'm talking more about North American television wrestling. Not necessarily New Japan or, you know, because I got a lot of comments, which I'll get into a little bit later, about, well, they do this in Japanese wrestling and this happened. And it's like, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about UK, Mexico, any of that. I'm literally mostly talking about WWE and the way that things are run there. And I think about it with television wrestling, really. So I was saying they need more lockups to start a match. That That's something I never see. Uh, the test of strength, that was something that Pulse brought up when I was talking to him on the phone. He was like, they never do the test of strength anymore. Hogan, Warrior, all those people, they used to do test of strength all the time. That never happens. The other thing was trying to hit your finishing move early on in the match. So like going for an RKO, getting pushed away. I see that one happen all the time. But a lot of people don't try and hit their finisher and end the match like instantly. If that really is your finishing move that wins your matches, why would that not be one of the first things you try and do? You're not trying to have like an 80-hour banger, right? You're not going to have an hour Broadway. In Logically, in this... What you want is to win the match as fast as possible. Why would you want to be out there for 30 minutes? That's not, that's not, I'm thinking about it realistically. Okay. Uh, next thing I said that needs to be happening is ref raising the hands three times during a sleeper. They don't really do that that often where you put in the sleeper hold. They're literally passing out. The ref raises a hand. One, hand goes down. Up again. Two, hand goes down. Three, hand goes down, but he gets back up. And maybe that's like an 80s thing, but I feel like they did it in the 90s also. But it's something you don't really see anymore. And that really built it up there because I used to get behind people when the hand was going down on the three. Oh, he's back. And that's like an easy way to get the crowd back into it. That's something I really loved. And last, what I put on Twitter was winning championships equals more money. That's something that used to be, I mean, that's an old school way to think of things, but back in the day, it used to be when you became the champion, the face of the company, you would get paid more money. You win the world championship, you would get paid more money. The WWE championship, you get paid more money. And that's something I'd love to see mentioned again in professional wrestling and talked about and even like shown off. Hey, I won this championship. I deserve more money. Hey, we need to renegotiate my contract. I'd love to see a guy with a title go up to Vince McMahon backstage and say, yo, I won this championship. Uh, we need to renegotiate my contract because I need more money because I'm the champ. That's what I think needs to happen because that's what I believe. And it's making this professional wrestling more realistic. That real In a time where they're trying to be super realistic, that's what you need to do. And then I went down to talk about things that need to be eliminated in pro wrestling. One of them I said was super kicks. Now, I don't think super kicks really need to be eliminated from pro wrestling. I just feel like they've been overdone over and over and over. So if you could just tone down the super kicks, that would be much needed. I would love to see that. Punches. 
Now, this one went back and forth. I actually went back and forth with the guy saying that you can't have professional wrestling without punches. And I beg to differ. We're looking at professional wrestling as a real thing. You're trying to sell something to the audience and have them believe it. It's like a movie, right? It's like a TV show. If someone punches somebody in the face, you'd expect them to bruise, to get knocked out, to get hurt. Have you ever got punched in the face? If you have, you know how it feels. It hurts. It sucks. And what does that do? That makes you angry. So if somebody punches you in the face, you should get angry and start throwing punches back. That's literally what should happen. If somebody throws a punch at a professional wrestling match and needs to turn into a brawl, that's literally what needs to happen. Literally does. Literally needs to happen. Because if someone throws a punch, you got to throw a punch back. And if you don't, you're just, what are you doing? What are you doing if you're not throwing a punch back? And I feel like you could just eliminate punches altogether. I remember there was a time in Ring of Honor where they used to throw forearms. And they said, don't do punches, do forearms. And that's something I think they should do. Because, really, you punch a guy in the face, they should punch you back and you should have a brawl. And if that's not going to happen, then it just makes the punch look fake. There's no bruises. There. I could go on and on about punches, but that's it. Next thing I put down was unnecessary head bumps. There's a lot of brain busters, things on aprons, uh, big time DDT spots. All those things need to be eliminated. Unnecessary head bumps. With all the CTE stuff we know now, just eliminate that. And then multiple kickouts on finishers. Uh, this one was a very touchy subject with some people. Some people said that you need to kick out on finishers. It makes the match more exciting. And I was thinking, you don't really know professional wrestling as the form that it is. And I don't think that's their fault. I think that's the way professional wrestling has changed. I think that's the way that professional wrestling has evolved. And that leads me to my next point. Because I was thinking about that. Should there be multiple kicks out of finishers? And then I thought, are finishing moves even a thing? Do finishing moves exist in 2019? And I came up with this conclusion after much thought. Finishing moves in 2019 do not exist in WWE Pro Wrestling. Now on my tweet, I said wrestling, and then I had a lot of Japanese people saying, no, finishing moves are a thing. And I'm like, I get it in Japan, in stardom, New Japan, they do a great job with it. But in WWE television wrestling, they do not. So I said, finishing moves do not exist in 2019. Everyone who ever hits a finisher has it kicked out of. What we do have is special moves or signature moves. When these are done, they could end the match, maybe. So the point I was trying to get at here was that I don't believe we do have finishers anymore. I believe that we do have special moves, big moves, signature moves would be the term that I would go for here. Because when you think about it, there is no move that everybody hits and that is the end of the match. That is not a thing in 2019. There's far and few between. 
again, Japan, some independent stuff. AEW, I know Kenny Omega, One Winged Angel. That one's pretty definite when he hits that, it's over. But I feel like there's no big finishers that when you hit it, it's over. And I'm not just saying that you need to protect the finish and that you hit one finish and the match is over and that's it. Because that sounds boring to me. When it comes to a finishing maneuver, a special move, a signature move as I want to call it, your final move, right? Your fatality. That's a great way. Mortal Kombat. You think of a fatality, you hit that in Mortal Kombat, there's no coming back. You're done. That's it. So when it comes to professional wrestling, to sell your finishing move, your signature move, your special move, I'm going to call it signature move. To sell your signature move that's going to win you those matches, you should get it 10 15 times in a row to win the match. 15 times in 15 different matches. You should hit that move. Claim it as yours. They don't kick out. You win. Let's say your move's an RK, a cutter, right? You do a cutter, pin, that's it. Cutter again, pin, that's it. Next match, cutter, pin, win, that's it. Next match, cutter, pin, win, that's it. 10 more times. That's it. You win. When people know that you hit that cutter, that's it. They know that that's the end of the match because you hit that cutter. Now, if you hit that cutter and then somebody kicks out of that cutter, that's bad. That's bad. Especially when you're trying to build that finisher as your move. Because when you hit that cutter and somebody kicks out of it, it's no longer a finisher. It no longer ends the match and people are like, all right, what's his move? What's his move? And I feel like a lot of people use the false finish, as we call it, where you hit that cutter and then they kick out at two to pop the crowd and to get them into the match again. And I think that's sort of lazy on their end. I mean, they're getting that reaction and everybody knows that that's what professional wrestling is about is to get that reaction. But I don't think that that's the way you need to go, really. I feel like you need to protect those finishing moves, those signature moves, those special match-ending moves. You don't always have to kick out of a finisher. Why don't you find amazing ways to get out of the finisher? Amazing ways to get out of that special move. Right? You have the cutter. Oh, push him away. Slide under the rope. Grab the rope. Do all that stuff so that when they finally do hit that finisher, it's over. But you've tried to escape multiple times, but he still got you in the end. And that puts over that move even bigger than it was before because you think about it, you've been trying to avoid it. You've been slipping away from it. You've been getting out of it. And people are invested now. They're like, oh, he's going to hit that finisher. And when he does, it's going to be over. But you keep building towards it. The crowd gets into it. Oh, man, he almost hit it, but he didn't. And that was it. And that's just the whole match formula right there. Doing that finisher, them getting away, and then going into it like that. Finally hits it. Boom, crowd loves it. Pops. There's that reaction you're wanting. 
There's that sell that you need. The crowd goes crazy. The match is over. That's how I see it. That's what I would like to see more of in professional wrestling. Is people going into it like that. Not, oh, I'm going to kick out of a finisher. I'm going to kick out of another finisher. Oh, I'm going to get, oh, the drama. He kicked, how did he kick out of that bit? It's like, you're just ruining that move. It makes it less effective every time somebody kicks out of that finisher. It makes it less effective every time that that shoulder comes off the mat after you do that move. It does. It really does. Because what does that say about that move? You have to hit it eight times before it actually puts somebody away. It's not a good move. Now, there are points where I think you can get to where you can start kicking out of finishers. When it becomes a huge storied rivalry between two superstars, two wrestlers, two athletes, where they are fighting so many matches, right? They have match number one. One guy goes over with his finish. Match number two, guy goes over with this other, different guy goes over. Match number three, guy goes over with his finish. Then you get down to like a rivalry, maybe match three, maybe match four, maybe match five, what have you. Then you go, okay, he knows what his finish is like. He's been in the ring with him. He knows all about it. That's how he kicks out because he knows he's been in that position before. He knows what it's going to take. He knows what it's going to take. And there's other times when you can kick out of finishers when it's not a storied rivalry. Let's say that you are very winded. You're gassed. You're tired. It's been like 30, 40 minutes into a match. You go to hit a finish, but you can't really deliver it all the way. And you barely connect. You barely hit that. You crawl over, put the hand on, one, two, kick out. It's because you are gassed. You are so tired. You've been through so much. That's something that I can get behind. That's something I can believe is when you're going down that path of like, I've put so much into this and now I'm tired. That's really what it is. That's what I see. So again, if you think that finishing move should be kicked out of in 2019, you are wrong. You're missing the point of a finishing move. If it's not going to end the match, if it's not going to finish the match, if it can't do that, then it's just a signature move that you do. It's just a big move that you do. If someone kicks out of your big move 50 times, it's not a finisher. It just becomes another signature move that you do. That's all it is. What I'd rather like to see is for people to try to avoid that finisher. Let's say like AJ Styles in the Phenomenal Forum, right? Why can't AJ try to do that Phenomenal Forum multiple times during a match, but he's not able to hit it? But when he finally hits it at the end, that's when the match is over. So I'd rather see people play smart, get out of that finish, instead of take the finish and kick out. Again, Stone Cold and Rock, they fought like a thousand times. They knew each other's strengths and weaknesses. And that made me believe, okay, they can kick out of each other's finishes. Because Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock fought so many times inside that ring that had one of the best rivalries in all of pro wrestling, they would know how to kick out of the rock bottom. He'd be able to kick out of the rock bottom. He'd be able to kick out of the stunner because they've wrestled so many times. That's where I believe it. That's where I understand it. And if you're not taking it serious, you're just playing it up as a joke and it's making pro wrestling look fake. 
And I don't want that. I think that we can do better in pro wrestling. I don't think that everything I put on the list may be right. Should they eliminate super kicks from pro wrestling? I don't know. Maybe not. Should punches be taken out? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe there's a place for punches, right? If a heel punches somebody behind the ref's back, I think that's perfectly on it. That's perfectly... It's perfect. It fits right in there. Throw a punch when the ref's turned away. Boom. There it is. Then that makes the face a lot more angry. And the heel looks dirty and the crowd gets behind him. Oh, how could he punch him in the face? But again, I think it's just the culture of pro wrestling and the way that it's evolved where we've gotten to a point where everybody wants to get their stuff in. Everybody wants to get their moves in. They want to get their high spots in. They want to get their hope spots in. They want to get their false finishes, their double downs, all that stuff. They want to get all of that in on their matches. But it's doing too much. It's making it more complicated than it needs to be. I know we have amazing wrestling and there's styles for everybody. And I don't think we should eliminate any of the styles that are going on in professional wrestling. I think we need that high flying in your face action that we get. That 205 live cruiserweight type action, right? Whatever you want to say. PWG type action, right? Because if you think of PWG, it's like that car crash stuff. I think there's a time and a place for that. I think there's a time and a place for any type of wrestling, to be honest. But I think there's also a way that we can be a little smarter and a way that we can do less and keep it interesting. Avoid those finishers. Do things that make sense, right? If someone punched me in the face, I would be angry. I would be done. If someone low blowed me, Oh, have you ever got racked? Have you ever got, if you're a guy and you've gotten racked in the balls, you will know that takes you down. You're down for like 30, 40 minutes. Like you're hurting the rest of the day. So when they do a low blow and yeah, it hurts them for like a minute and then it's over. Like that's where it's wrong. That's where they need to do more of the believable stuff and the match on a low blow. I mean, it's just being smart. It's just playing to what's real in real life. And I think that's something that we really need to do. That's what pro wrestling needs is more realism. And it's just working to what people know. Think of it. Think of what people know. Think of what actually happens, right? Think of real life situations. You ever got poked in the eye? I have. And it sucks. And it sucks. And you can't see. And then you're trying to figure out how to see and you got one eye closed and the other eye open and you're like, ow, 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 ow. It sucks. But now you got to think about that. So just think about those little things when it comes to pro wrestling. And I think that finishing moves in 2019, they could be gone. It could just be the culture of pro wrestling and the way that everything's working is that we're not protecting those moves as much anymore. We're not agenting the matches as good as they should be. I don't think that the people that are running things behind the scenes are agenting as best as they could. But again, it's just the evolution of pro wrestling. I'm not going to say that it's like my old school mentality. You should never do a high spot. No, I think there's a place for that. I think there's a place for deathmatch wrestling. There's a place for high flying. There's a place for comedy. All that is, is there. But I think that we really just need to 
use our minds, use our brains, and just think about it, man. It's simple. It's obvious. If you kick out of a finish, it's not your match-ending move anymore. It doesn't win you matches. It doesn't end it because they kicked out. So why would it be a finisher? It really just comes down to that. So I think we either call it specials or signature moves. I mean, video games have been doing it. Video games have done it. They've called it special moves or signature moves. So why don't we just call it that? Because it's a move you do all the time and you can use it and maybe it'll end the match. Maybe it won't. Or maybe we protect those moves a little bit better. And we actually have finishers again. I don't know. Anyway, guys, that's where we're going to wrap it up today. Thank you guys for listening to my little tangent here. Uh, this show here will be up whenever right now. It's not on a schedule, but I'm going to build it up to have a schedule for the number one contender show. I really do want to build this up to have like a big show and to make it a thing. A focus of my brand is what I want, but it's going to take time. So I will be recording these. I won't even worry about monetizing it or doing any of that crazy stuff. We're just going to put it out there, have you guys listen to it, and from there we can grow because that's what I want. So this kind of dive here on the subject of finishers and talk with you guys about it, that's what I wanted to do. That's how I want it to be. Just sort of an open conversation. We're going to sit down and chat and then we'll eventually create like emails and ways that you guys can send messages. But currently, we'll leave it to Twitter. So if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, any of that, hit me up on Twitter, at Tony Pete's Guy. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening.